duck, you sucker. Sean, Sean, Sean. Almost everyone dies. What about Juan? This is spoilers. So we did 1971's Duck You Sucker, which is probably the worst name of a movie I've ever heard in my life. It's so bad. <laughs> I thought it was a exploitation uh, film at first. Duck You so, Sucker. Yeah. It sounds like sucker. Never happened. It sounds like a dad joke ready to be made. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I changed a thread name to like Dick You Sucker, and someone must have been at work and changed that immediately. The name of my notes is Fuck You Ducker. <laughs> <laughs> That may be because you hated the movie, but the first thing I wanted to talk about this, uh, kind of an attention getter at the top, if you will, is how many people died. This had maybe one of the, besides for like one of those movies where like the world ends, this had probably the biggest visible body count I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> there are they killed so many dudes. Thousands of people who die in this movie. <laughs> Tens of thousands. <laughs> There's one scene that. <laughs> Could could someone explain the scene where it's like basically a Nazi extermination camp? Oh, when they're fire, like when they're like everybody's in the firing wall, and there's like three different pits, and they're just mm. killing everyone. Yeah, is that one of the scenes? What's or ha- is there more? Well, I think there's like a dozen or fifteen firing squad scenes. Which Nazi scene are you talking about? There's too many to remember. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, something to hit Nazi on? Maybe occupied this- Mexico. This movie is supposedly during the Mexican Revolution, but as we'll see on this podcast, not everything in the timeline really matches up (laughs) with that, including uh, the tanks, the Nazi tanks that they're driving and some of the machine guns they had. Yeah, those weren't around until closer to World War I, World War II, not anywhere as close to 1911. (laughs) Did you guys notice any of that technology being out of place? Definitely. Especially like the machine guns and like there were a couple like pistols even that looked much newer than nineteen like tens. Pappy, what do you think about the weaponry? I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the weaponry bothered me as much as just like the <laughs> the all over tone. Like you were mentioning that there's a scene where there's a Nazi camp and people are just being exterminated in a trench, and then two seconds later, Tuco from uh, the Good the Wait, Bad. Wait, did you say one trench? Did you say one trench or like five or six trenches? <laughs> I mean, there's with the, hundreds each. D- hundreds of trenches with dozens of people in each. It's <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> mass genocide. And I think it's trench eye. <laughs> yeah, and then it, this is the first time I've laughed at mass genocide. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying though. Then it, tran- the it transitions into Tuco. Whoa! I just lost control of my machine gun. I don't care when the machine guns run. It it's, just seems out of place to be. Funny I don't think your racism and calling him Tuco is very funny. Dude, it's the same character. It even says on Wikipedia that he was pulling from the same character. <laughs> His name is Juan in this movie, which is kind of a thread as well. John, who is our Irish, I guess Irish John, and then our uh, Mexican Juan, who in real life, that dude is not actually Mexican. So some people thought his portrayal and just the makeup all on him to make him look Mexican was kind of racist. Not but just I thought it was actually kind of. of well done. You thought it was racist? Yes. Fill me in. Have you ever seen In the Heat of the Night? It's the same guy. It's a, it's, it's it's um, the chief of police. Uh, I think it's, the actor's name's um, 
Um, Rodney Steiger. Doesn't Marty Robbins play a tune in that movie? You know what? Movie? <laughs> no, but uh, Friend like, of the, the first five minutes of hearing him speaking, I was like, that dude is not Mexican or like Hispanic at all. And then come to find out, it's Rodney Steiger in brown face. <laughs> brown face. In brown Is that face. an actual term? <laughs> well, it is now because it's what it was. Wow. I'm so glad that spoilers made up the term brown face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I thought his performance was actually pretty awesome. And the fact he's not Mexican didn't really bother me. And I read later that almost all of his... Um, actual lines were dubbed over in post, especially for the English versions of this movie. It, I feel like any Western, the audio has a certain quirky feel to it. You guys <laughs> catch that? I'm talking about the soundtrack or like the, like the sound design not the with Sean, the effects and stuff? Yeah, I'm talking about the, not the Sean Sean. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, just like the dialogue and you can kind of tell like sometimes they're Spanish, sometimes English, sometimes you can tell they're on set recording and sometimes it's clearly not. And I feel like that's kind of something we don't have in modern day cinema. So it really sticks out to me. It reminds me of like old Godzilla movies like from Japan or something like where it's just a little bit disjointed feeling and everything yeah you can it feels like they're always like screwing around with the mixer like kind of speeding it up and slowing it down and stuff like when different people are talking like to fill the scene almost yeah and sometimes you get the feeling that maybe not things don't really translate perfectly (laughs) and a good example of that is the title of this movie it's duck you sucker it was also called fistful of dynamite and it was also called once upon a time dot 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 the revolution (laughs) <laughs> all all pretty bad names all pretty just copycat but the thing i found interesting is the italian name and i'm gonna butcher how this sounds is say it with an accent live die repeat gue la testa lit <laughs> <laughs> and that that means something like duck your head or put your head down and that actually does have a double meaning so someone setting off an explosive as in like the english version obviously duck you sucker it means that but it also has a second meaning where it's uh, kind of like blending in for it, or uh, it's kind of like blending into a crowd and not sticking your head up as far as the revolution was concerned, I guess. So, does that, what do you guys think about the title, all the titles, and how they related to the movie? I like how they kind of shoehorned in Duck You Sucker as much as possible in the first two hours of this movie. <laughs> Like it's the almost first like two like, hours. Uh, they wanted to remind us this movie was called Duck You Sucker. And <laughs> I think um English John said it at least five or six times in the first two hours. And then the white guy playing Spanish Juan said it a three like three more times after that. But um did not love the title of this movie. I thought it was gonna be it set the tone for it to be more comedic. Like I thought, because I'd never even heard of this movie beforehand. Had any of you? Like, why did you pick this, Josh? <laughs> Little out in left field, dude. Yeah, this is out of nowhere. Well, it's hard to say that a Sergio Leone movie is out of left field. But this is but definitely one of his lesser known. <laughs> when you have the Man with No Name trilogy, you have the Once Upon a Time trilogy, but you go with Duck, you sucker, you sucker. Well. uh I looked at the byline and I, I hadn't seen this before and it came on a strong recommendation from 
actually someone that wanted to be f- referred to on this pod as the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Whoa. So Whoa. that per yeah, it's kind of creepy, but he, the South Bend Shovel Slayer, he's the one. Is that who like, a, actually, like a Home Alone reference? It is. So. <laughs> mm. <the>, yay. <laughs> <laughs> is it Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> Friend of the Me and Macaulay go way <laughs> back. You guys kind of look alike, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> hey, Mikey's the one who looks like people. Speaking of, he looks like <laughs> he looks like the dictator, right? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Pappy, you think so? No comment. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know if I'm actually supposed to joke about that, so this may be an edited portion of spoilers. <laughs> this might be on the deep tracks. Um Okay, so just going back to my notes, um, I wanted before I started to get go to like to the intro and kind of go through the plot a little bit. Like the total runtime is two hours and thirty six minutes, and some people in this group were acting like <laughs> that was like unsurmountable. Are you talking about me? Yeah, it kind of reminded about- me of like sitting through Sunday Mass or like watching Ben Hur. <laughs> Which takes like a whole Sunday on AMC. <laughs> I feel like Amish church where they go yeah, all like day. Yeah, like Amish church, it's like an all-day affair. Well, here's what I'll say. It felt long because <laughs> even like all of the shots, I mean, it's characteristic of the director, but all of the shots like hang there for a second. And like I remember one scene where they murder, they murder the army with machine guns on a bridge and dynamite. And then they celebrate for literally like three and a half minutes of screen time. Of like of them like having all like throwing their hats in there and like partying or whatever. It's just ridiculous. How long would you celebrate your life? After I murdered like <laughs> thousands of people, I would probably feel pretty bad. I wouldn't be like having a fiesta, dude. <laughs> you had to call it a fiesta. <laughs> so this movie starts off uh, kind of starkly with uh it's obviously just straight piss just coming down on some ants extreme <laughs> close up uh it's a little jarring and they kind of pan up and before they get to who you'll meet as Juan's uh private part his dick parts um he he kind of zips up but i was reading online and i guess there he kind of plays a dick joke with the shadows and apparently he has like a big old schlong shadow did you guys notice that at all i certainly did not oh i certainly did you did <laughs> i mean because at first i thought it was like his belt buckle like hanging in between but then they scroll up and he's not wearing a belt I'm like oh my god that was his dog well it moves on to uh you know he he jumps into a passenger car uh extremely ritzy obviously full of intellectual types and uh stevie why don't you play us through what happens in that scene okay i'm probably not the person to ask i almost threw up watching that scene long story (laughs) short um these really ritzy people are pretty much just talking about pretty much degrading um all mexicans and they use the n-word a lot too Dude, some hard R's. Hard R's. Like, really hard R's. And they're pretty much just talking down to Juan. And while they're in the midst of this, they're eating. And they're, like, laughing. And there's, like, really close, like, really in there (laughs) close-ups of just mashed-up food and yellow-stained teeth because fluoride wasn't invented yet when this movie came out. And it was just (laughs) so gross. Yeah, I, I didn't like that part in the passenger car at all. 
it makes you feel uncomfortable, but I would argue that that's probably one of the best cinematic moments of the movie as far as Ugh. making you feel an emotion and Made me feel gross. really making you hate characters. It was very like uh, almost like Stanley Kubrick because like made you feel so uncomfortable and so intense, yeah. but like it does a good job of setting up the need for revolution because that the whole Mexican revolution is like the background of everything that's going on and it's constantly like coming in and out of the plot. Josh, you said that like you said that like him pissing on those ants was like jarring. This is it like is. jarring to me. Like what what the fuck is this movie that we're watching? And so <laughs> I and I, I think that this is kind of the first of many kind of tonal shifts throughout the movie as well. It kind of goes back and forth. I think they said the N-word 47 times in a row under a And minute. I think that it was mostly just one time he said it, and they kept repeating it, like, post-audio over and over again. Recycling <laughs> it. <laughs> just a constant loop. Uh, do you guys think I should play that audio? We should play the... it, but bleep it out. <laughs> so it's completely... We won't have to say it. We could just play the audio. <laughs> oh, my God. Like them niggas. Root. That's what they are. Idiot. Like them niggas. Root. And I couldn't sit them He robs a stagecoach, and and in turn, there's one woman among the intellectuals who, when they show the extreme close-ups of the mouth, <laughs> she just happens to be really working on this cherry, just real hard. Then lo and behold, the next scene after Juan's band of sons and grandpa figure or whatever, once they rob the stagecoach and they shoot a couple of them and kind of just embarrass the rest, but not before. Uh, well, what does happen with Juan and that lady? He takes her to like a barn, right? And presumably rapes her off camera, right? Yeah, but my question was, what <laughs> oh, do you guys God. think as far as <laughs> if that was rape or not? Because... I, I think I think there's some, I think it's okay. I think it's like she wanted to walk rape. away and he busted out a switch. <laughs> That's rape. <laughs> I'll say no. Okay, wait. I'll come. I'll come to your defense because are you saying that there are a couple of shots because this movie does tend to linger and zoom where it kind of looks like she's not struggling at all anymore she's kind of enjoying it is that what you're saying and more specifically i think be careful fellas i think she <laughs> no, looks, no 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 i think if she looks think, at his dick and it's like this whole thing like she wants this like a, brute quote brute but she doesn't but she does and like yeah he threatens her with violence and i think it's ultimately rape but <laughs> i think no, it's I definitely think, rape, i think there's an argument to an be inter- made that she wasn't too pissed about it Okay, but either way, that's a weird choice to... Because I agree with you that I think that that was shown to us in a couple of the extended gazes. But like, it also is a weird choice if you're going to say, well, she got raped, but she kind of liked it. Like, why are you even going there? Like, Because ultimately you're trying to soften the blow of the fact that this guy is like a serial rapist and murderer because he ends up being the protagonist. So that, like, that's like his way of doing it. It's like... Yeah, he rapes, but they kind of like it. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. I, super fucked I think up, it's a commentary that's, that's on so how weird. maybe a, a upper class lady would see. Like, I think it's a like. I think she. I think she was curious. Would she have chosen to have sex with him there? No. And I'm not saying what he did was right, but I will also disagree. I don't think it was necessarily softening. I think maybe the movie initially wanted to show him as an antihero and. He does bad things, but bad things happen to him. And 
uh, it's kind of one of those movies where no one is good if you really think about it. And and the, what makes that so confusing is the somewhat like comedic antics and soundtrack elements that will then come in and all the tonal shifts that I think Jordan was hitting on. Okay, I would describe the soundtrack as bad <laughs> and <laughs> often wildly inappropriate for what's happening on screen. <laughs> How would you guys describe it? <laughs> I think you forgot entertaining. <laughs> whimsical. <laughs> whimsical. <laughs> yeah, whimsical. Whimsical during a Holocaust massacre. <laughs> yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean. The Sean, Sean thing is really odd because I'm pretty sure they're saying Sean and his buddy's name is Sean. So it's like a super on the nose lyric sound effect. It keeps recurring. It's really odd. Sean, Sean, Not Sean, to mention, Sean, Sean. there's this other sound effect that comes up. We were discussing it before we started, but it's like, what? <laughs> oh, the wops? Wop. Yeah, the bullfrog. Yeah, the wops. And then there's um, there's children singing like yams or yams. It's really weird. <laughs> there's like three different like choirs that didn't need to be in this movie at all. Jordan, did you like any of that stuff as a Western dude? Uh, it <laughs> cracked me up, but while be- while being funny and whimsical, it was also <laughs> very <laughs> <laughs> so inappropriate. It was so inappropriate. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I think we can all agree that the music seemed <laughs> off in certain places. Um <laughs> So moving on, and I know I'm still really early in the movie, but we're going to breeze past a lot of Act 2. But, we um, need to. <laughs> so pretty soon, John shows up, and he's on a motorcycle, and he literally just kind of turns a corner, and all of a sudden you see him, and he's all goggled up. John is actually played by James Coburn, and uh, I, I thought his performance is actually maybe the best of the movie. I really liked him. Uh, despite a lot of the things in the movie. But anyway, his introduction, he comes in on a motorcycle and Juan kind of, uh, he shoots his tire out multiple times and Juan's already been established to be a badass that'll murder you on the spot. But um, John has has a trick up his sleeve. What is that trick, Jordan? He is an explosives expert. um, Holy water. And we come to find out that he's a former uh, terrorist from the IRA. And well, he basically has. From my like point of coat. view, the other ones are terrorists. Okay, some sort Sorry, of. Sorry, just a re- just a revenge of the Sith quote. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But but yeah, Juan Juan can't shoot him because if he does, he'll blow up like him and his family too. Exactly, and so basically, the first scene is he goes in and he kind of blows a hole in the roof of the carriage that he just stole as retribution for shooting his bike. And I listened to another... There's only like two other podcasts ever done about this movie that I found. And one of them just kept repeating. They thought it was so funny when like one of the sons said, there's a hole in the roof. There's a hole in the roof. (laughs) 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 I laughed, but it wasn't that memorable at all. It really wasn't. And I won't name any names about that uh, Film Sack podcast, but um, they know who they are. It kind of plays into this whole thing that it's basically goes into Juan's. It's not, he's a reluctant. He becomes a reluctant hero in the revolution, but 
behind the scenes, it's all because of this kind of like magic card he has up his sleeve, which is his IRA buddy who can apparently has such a incredible knowledge about explosives that I don't know. Did any of you guys buy? I mean, a lot of the movie hinges on the fact that he has liquid that he can just toss and blow things up. And he's like this explosives like expert. Um, do you guys, do you guys think that held water? Was that cool to you? Cause I, th- I thought that was kind of unique, I guess. I totally I mean, bought it. Yeah. I same. thought it was, that part was pretty awesome. And that he gives a strong performance and, and but it's also very similar to how I'm going to go back to the good, the bad and the ugly, how Tuco meets Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood had basically has a superpower of being able to shoot incredibly well. And that, even though they're kind of more enemies in that movie, they're they're also frenemies in this one too. Yeah, and he where... kind of has that same relationship where he's he's playing a fine line between using that superpower and not becoming victim to it. Stevie, did you like his character? Okay, so Josh, don't be mad. I may have fallen asleep two or three times throughout <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I tried to bring the time thing up earlier so we could get that out of the way, but I, honestly, so, my my opinion of this movie is, I, hey, I watched it in two sessions, too. I watched an hour of it one day and then an hour and a half of it the next day. And okay, think- so clear something up for me, because this is what like, I was so lost. So probably minutes after like the... Um, that liquid magic bomb stuff he drops for the first time goes off. I fell asleep. Then I woke up and English IRA John is in a bar, but he has no mustache. Did he have a twin? That's him, dog. Did he lose his mustache? Okay, that's just him. Okay, I wanted to okay, clear that up. So I could see. It was a flashback. Yeah, they returned to those flashbacks <laughs> like a dozen times. In the I movie. told you two or three times fell asleep. You <laughs> <laughs> must have been Can we so get to that confused. thread B in just a little bit, Stevie? Just a Sorry little bit. Yeah, but I, I liked the IRA part of it. How did you like them uh, introducing that he was in the IRA? little on the nose, yeah, when they pull out a flag that says IRA. <laughs> IRA, it, yeah. It's like they kind of hold it towards there. the camera. It's like, oh, the yeah. IRA, he was in it. I feel like they literally like held it to the camera and winked. And were like, this is important. <laughs> but before that, there's a really weird scene where there's like, he, it's from Juan's perspective looking at John and it like, the background gets kind of blurry and this like title goes over his head Dude, with yeah, like, the what name was of the city. That? What was that? It's the good, the bad and the ugly again. It's the same. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his films, but like he's hitting all the same beats, but just in a more boring way. <laughs> what, what makes it boring for you? Is there, a gra- is there like a little graphic like that in good, bad and the ugly? Yeah, I don't remember a graphic like that. In the beginning, each of the characters of the good, the bad and the ugly, like it pops up with the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think oh. in like the, the case of the ugly at that point, it's like 20 minutes into the film. So like, hmm. okay, this was again, like about at the 30 minute mark and all of a sudden, bam, like pam, 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 pam. Yeah. Pam, pam. <laughs> yeah uh, what were we, what the hell were we talking about? Pam? What? <laughs> <laughs> How is we talking IRA. about the history of the IRA? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the IRA became a thing like closer to 1920, and this movie takes place in 1911, which is a little disappointing, but I think Sergio Leone was attempting to use all his tricks to just make an incredibly uh, over-the-top violent romp, but I think he tried to maybe be poignant a little too much, maybe. Um, Specifically, the scene where 
uh, all of Juan's sons are killed. Uh, Pappy brought up how they murdered a bunch of people on the bridge. Um, what do you guys think of that death reveal scene? Because I have never seen a movie do it quite like that. It's, I mean, it's pretty intense, man. I was, I was really confused when they go, when like John and Juan go into that cave and you kind of don't know, like you assume that something bad is happening. You, like I, it took me a while to kind of get it and literally until John walks around the corner and there's just like a mass grave where all these bodies have been piled. It's very, it's, it's a, it's a pretty huge gut punch for Juan and kind of for the audience, I think. Pappy, what did you think about that about 12 minute pan on Juan's face before they revealed the dead bodies. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I know his kids are dead pretty much at that point, but it's so drawn out and it's like, so I dude, I had such a hard time making myself actually watch the movie because it's like, you could just like cut in and out for like five or six seconds and you really wouldn't miss anything. It's so tempting to like jump on my phone during the movie. It was just, everything's just so, long you're and such a millennial and methodic <laughs> but no like he like i've seen other epics of his and i enjoyed those this is just like a worse one and i think we should say he didn't want to direct this did you read that yeah he was just initially supposed to be a writer producer i think so and then like one guy left after two days and then one guy they couldn't reach an agreement with and then the other guy was like supposed to be like the second team or whatever it's called uh but then he ended up like just doing it so i got the thing that this wasn't this was never like his a game material everything's just like a step down well i think there are glimpses of that and the scene we we're just talking about with all the dead bodies when Juan's sitting down and like kind of taking it in in hindsight i think the ad- acting there is pretty incredible because for, somehow you're able to figure it out without any mention of or reveal of any blood or anything just the look on his face and he's not he's not like horror struck he's just kind of somber and something about something in the subtleties of it i thought that was a really good moment in the movie until until it dragged on and and, and then they panned on the bodies like literally probably 18 shots pans slow pans of bodies and that was a little much i I, was there music during that part i think there wasn't actually strangely enough yeah the music was probably like (laughs) 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 booker t's theme music can you dig it sucker (laughs) (laughs) so just to kind of wrap up where the movie goes he he wants john to help him rob a bank and john supposedly reluctantly agrees and they go there and it turns out that they're part of a revolutionary movement which at the time john is like partial to because he remembers his time in uh the land of the iron the the land of the leprechauns he remembers his revolution and he's trying to help the people and he tricks juan into attacking this bank because Juan thinks he's going to get all the money from inside, of course. And inside is just uh, just a bunch of political prisoners and he frees a bunch of people. And again, I thought this was mo- one of the most uh, poignant scenes. And someone I read online pointed out that if the movie would have ended here, it would have been a lot stronger movie when um, the crowd's kind of celebrating that he had let them out after he had 
he was kind of greedily robbing a bank and he becomes a political hero. What are you going for, crazy? I don't know. I don't know, but something's wrong. Oh. I went into the bank. When I go in the bank, there's nothing there, no money, nothing. Oh, well, the bank and the money were transferred to Mexico City over a month ago. Well, they've been using this place for a political prison ever since. And Anki shouted back to English John. He's like, you taught me one thing. It was to, like, get... What did he say? Yeah, I gave him the finger and said, like, I'm fucked or something like that. <laughs> you taught me one thing, how to get fucked, I think is what he said. <laughs> yeah, it was kind yeah. of an Isn't odd that what he says? to throw out. <laughs> I'm going to play that clip right now. It played. The language in this is intense. Like it's like hard R language. <laughs> this is like straight Tarantino language. Like F F S G D everything, right? It's kind of disorienting <laughs> to see that in a movie this old. You usually don't see it to that level. But this movie kind of feels like it's twenty years older than it actually is. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Some jo- I, Josh, I, I think you skipped over one of the funniest parts to me, and I don't know where exactly. Like, I don't know when the original Ocean's Eleven movie was made, but like the old, old one. But they have like a scene where they're like going over everyone's job during this like mute, uh, like revolutionary battle, and then like the whole bank robbery thing and how that all fits in, where they like pay into everyone's face and they're like nodding, like yeah, that's my shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I thought that was pretty funny, but also when they when when Juan realizes that he's a hero and he's about to get carried away in the crowd, his his line I laughed so hard. He goes, "But I don't want to be a hero. I just want the money." He gets carried away like on the crowd's shoulders, and I just lost my shit there. You're a grand hero, the revolution now. I don't want to be a hero. All I want is the money. Because he's like beyond like a reluctant hero. He's a completely whoopsie daisy accidental. (laughs) Well, he is like juxtaposed with his family being fucking murdered for twenty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were murdered off screen, to be fair. But um, we say no. I would have liked to see them murdered on screen. That's more entertaining than viewing their bodies for twenty minutes off screen. Especially that one kid with like the eyes as big as saucers just staring up into space oh, all man. dead. <laughs> anyway, Sheesh. yeah, it's all Let's dead. Let's put that in the Instagram thumbnail. <laughs> the this little kid dies. <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. there's really, there's, we've mentioned the, the two heroes, Juan and Juan, and I wanted to touch on two other characters <laughs> before we get into yes and no's and trivia and stuff. But the first one is, uh, I guess, Doc... Let me see what, yeah, Dr. Viega. Yeah, Dr. Viega. I remember that. I didn't put it together till probably like four hours after I watched the movie and was thinking back on it. But there's a scene where um, Juan is on a train and he's getting accosted by a couple of the Mexican Revolution. uh, I don't know, whoever they are, the fascist government soldiers. And this dude on the, random dude on the train like sticks his gun like up the dude's ass and do you guys remember that on the train? And did you, did you guys put that together that that was the doctor later on? Yeah, when they showed him. But at the time, there's no context, and it's just a complete ex machina. Like he's got the he stabs a dude in cold blood. 
the cops have him dead to rights, and all of a sudden, some random passenger on the train just happens to be like on the same team. It's a little I'd, stupid. I don't think that's out of nowhere because he was attacking the government, and obviously, the next scene you see the doctor, he's heading up a revolutionary. It's the scene that Jordan was talking about where they're planning what they're going to do. So, I think he saw some shit going down and some some suits being killed, and he was all down for it and joined in. And he's kind of a complicated character because he goes from that to telling everyone what to do, and then John sees him betraying um, and tossing some people into a firing squad, basically, right? He's like, uh, he's ratting some people out. But then he's like back with the crew. And did you guys get the feeling he was like actually back or just back on false pretenses? Well, doesn't he kill himself? But what does it mean? I wasn't clear on how he escaped. It it did feel weird. Like I wasn't sure if I should trust him or not. And yeah, it turns out it seems like his intentions were good, but there was like a suspicion there. Doesn't John lie to Juan about the doctor too? I yeah. don't think he ever tells him. He kind of keeps it to himself, right? Yeah. And I think. Why, oh, go Why ahead. do you think he did that, Josh? I think it's because the lesson he learned on this fourth character that I was going to bring up. But before we get to him, <laughs> um, I, I think the Doc's character is actually really interesting. And there is a kind of poignant moment where um, John forgives him for ratting people out and kind of lets him escape. And the Doctor kind of thinks about his options and chooses to, yeah, kill himself and just ride the train out, which is interesting i thought but anyway the fourth character and um, why he lied is you know we said it at the very top of the show sean 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 from ireland who is drum roll please john's gay threesome lover yes <laughs> so i wasn't imagining things okay yes 100 percent yeah. Okay, so I, right? like I said, I listened to a couple podcasts, and one of them didn't mention this at all. And that was the biggest thing ringing in my mind after the movie was en- ended. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's like Sergio Leone put us through 12 flashbacks of excruciating slow motion to reveal at the very, very end of the movie that this wasn't just his buddy, John, even though that was probably strong enough. This is actually his lover, Sean and John were lovers with another young lady. Did that shock anyone else? What were your guys' takes on that? My take was another odd twist in a <laughs> strange movie so far. It was, again, just another like huge tonal shift. Like, what, when did it get to this, to, to this type of movie? Um, did you really not suspect anything though like the whole time it's like so weird and it's always the three of them and it's always like i, John I thought there were the girl and then the dude yeah. being like right there like cheesing it like yeah i thought there would be some sort of reveal right there but i didn't think it would be that and he was yeah i in hindsight that dude always seemed to have his face a little too close too while, close but i was thinking maybe that was like his his brother or the lady's brother is just a really close friend and i think (laughs) i think what threw me off was like you were saying earlier it seems like such an old movie i really didn't expect the homoerotic relationship at that point or the 10 minutes of slow motion when john shot sean and sean like didn't react for a good (laughs) minute and just stared at the camera and then started to go down 
and then magically got back up again and did more staring and then finally died. <laughs> and I want to mention something on that scene. And I think I'm breaking something that's never been on the internet because I couldn't find it. But dude, they put a mole on that dude's head from the very beginning just to hide where the gun wound would be the final <laughs> scene. What the fuck? <laughs> What? Explain that a little bit more. Can you <laughs> say it again? Okay, none of, none of you guys noticed that. I will no. gladly draw this out. Okay. If you go back and watch, he has a very prominent mole on the right side of his forehead. Yeah. And it's just there. 11 out of the 12 flashbacks, it's just there. No big deal. It's just dude with a big mole. Whatever. Then in scene 12, when... Um, and I'll, I'll spoil the scene real quick. He rats out. He rats, he rats out John in a bar and John turns around and he has some badass weapon and he shoots all the guards that are holding him and then gives John the stare and then shoots him and he shoots him right in the mole. I thought he got shot in the stomach. And then on the, and then on the way down, the bullet hole just magically appeared. Dude, okay. Uh, the way he reacts, he gets shot in the stomach. This is absurd. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, because on the way down, I was like, wait a minute. He didn't get shot in the head. <laughs> so are you guys refuting the statement or not? Because we're going to no, have I, to. I agree with you. I mean, you slept oh, through half amazing. of it. <laughs> that's amazing detective work. <laughs> I just can't believe no one else noticed it. It stuck out like a sore thumb to me, but... um. That's about all I got. Did you guys have any other lingering questions or things you wanted to bring up? I thought before the last flashback of Sean and John where he shoots him, I thought him and Viega were going to just make out out of nowhere because their faces were really close and they were staring very intensely at one another. And it was extremely awkward. Yeah. I, and I think some people theorize that since John was gay, maybe those were his kind of feelings for him throughout the movie. I don't know if I buy that much, but it's out there. Anybody else see that at all? Mm, I don't know. Possibly, but I wouldn't have picked it out on my own. And just going back on the th the threesome scene, after after his friend Sean starts making out with her, they show a close-up. Again, it's like a 12-minute close-up of John's face just with the biggest stained teeth <laughs> cheese grin I've ever seen. <laughs> Anyway, we can go into yes or no's. Um, uh, why don't you start us off, Stevie? Oh, okay, so <laughs> that that like wait wait wait, scene, Stevie, Stevie, what? before you go, do you got a Jesus character for us? Ooh, <laughs> see here, Jesus character, uh, probably Viega. Um, why, he was all why for is that? the cause. He was really for the cause. Then he was reluctant and scared. And then he mustered up courage to sacrifice himself for the cause. Dude, he said Jesus, not Judas. <laughs> Seriously, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you tell me Jesus was never scared? <laughs> Yo, he didn't rat out his friends, dude. <laughs> this is also true, but I go with Viega, nonetheless. And uh, that threesome, that scene where they're just running against the tree is 20 minutes too long. It's so weird. <laughs> and his friend just like gets closer and closer and he's like patting him on the back and he's cheering him like they just scored a touchdown. 
<laughs> it is the weirdest scene I've ever seen. Do you guys but, think um, that maybe they didn't show, like maybe this was Sergio Leone's way of showing that he was gay when maybe just showing him making out with that Sean character would have been unacceptable at the time? I, th- I mean, I think that's a good point. It would have been, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows how people would have reacted at that point in time. And maybe that would have turned enough people off that they knew that they had to kind of maybe be a little bit more subtle about it. Yeah, they really well, got they got all the people in with the title "Duck You Sucker," but had to avoid <laughs> the gay kiss. <laughs> I was gonna say, in all seriousness, no, we just seriousness, no, we just watched the uh, Swiss Family Robinson, and they were like completely homophobic, and to have like a gay character yeah. in this movie who's like without question the most badass character as well is kind of, and not just kind, it's very progressive, right, for the time. Yeah, I mean, I just watched a movie that called him Sissies. Not two minutes Swift, ago. Swift fam was sixty nine, and this is seventy one. Is that right? So anyway, Stevie, you're yes or no, right. and uh, just for the I people can't. out there, I texted you. I texted you guys a link. If you guys check out the five thirty eight mark of that, you will see the mole to bullet hole. <laughs> Theory is true. Um, I'll give this movie a no. It does have its cool <laughs> moments, but I also did fall asleep three times, and that rarely happens in me with movies. Uh, it's extremely long. Always, well, it feels long. It's not extremely long. It feels long. There are other longer movies. Um, yeah, this movie could have easily been forty to fifty minutes shorter, and it would have worked just fine. But definitely not one of Sergio Leone's stronger movies. And I probably won't revisit this movie again. So it's just a straight no for me. Jordan. So yeah, I had to watch this over a, <laughs> about six or seven hours because <laughs> of video buffering and the fact that it's just so long. <laughs> so that was pretty frustrating for me. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. This was hard because obviously it's a Western and I... It's so, like, the tone is all over the place as we've kind of gone over again and again. But I actually thought, despite all the death and destruction and all the other kind of disgusting parts, it did make me laugh a lot more than I thought it would. And it's definitely a quirky Western that I am going to give the softest of yeses to. I think it's worth... Nice! worth, Worth a look. But I've, I probably won't watch it again for a long time. <laughs> Happy. Uh, I'm going to give it the classic. Not mad that I saw it, but it's also a no. Uh, I mean, I think it says a lot that he didn't want to direct this in the first place. It's just like a step down. So if you're a Sergio Leone completist, yeah, I guess see it. But there's so many better movies. It's a no. Uh, and I... I'll give it a yes. Um, I think you guys bring up a lot of good points. And honestly, the tonal shifts are all over the place. But I felt myself, it was weird because I I would think things are really funny. And then I would get drawn into just like a, a cool action sequence. And then like, I would totally lose my suspension of disbelief. But then I would kind of get it back a little bit later. And maybe that's just because the movie's so long that you're able to <laughs> take so many twists and turns. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. That's two out of out of four. So what is that, Pappy? That's uh, uh that's kind of, yogurt. Bought it always comes back like, to yogurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, know, goes, it goes bad day of. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So all I have in my refrigerator is yogurt and beer. So. <laughs> <laughs> this movie did teach me, though, if you shoot someone with a, sh- like, with a machine gun enough times, it blows them away like hurricane winds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You didn't touch on the scene where the main bad guy, he, he, he's the one that shoots John by the train. Uh, Juan sees it and takes this, like, Gatling machine gun and just shoots the shit out of him, and his body flies like 60 <laughs> yards on the ground. <laughs> it's like hurricane winds just... <laughs> it's so he's, he's like a, a tumbleweed blowing away. <laughs> I think somewhere between that and Tarantino's and Inglorious Bastards, where they're just like shooting Adolf Hitler's skull like over and over. <laughs> I feel like somewhere in between is maybe where the reality lies, but... <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, are you guys ready for some trivia? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, who who hosted last? Was that you, Pat? It was I with RoboCop, yes. Okay, and then who was... I think Stevie's been the longest. Stevie, you yeah, can go I first. I got, I got uh, 10 trivia questions. If you oh, miss... God. If you miss Steve, you'll pass it to Jordan and then to Pappy, and we'll go around, and any question you get right is a point. Keep it nice and simple. Nice. And these are multiple choice. You might be happy to know. Cool. Okay, so uh, what fate? This is question number one for Stevie. What famous leading man began began his film career in 1943? Hopalong Cassidy film. Quote: Happy serves a writ. This is what? classic cinema. 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 What? Cinema. Holy what? shit! What? Was All there right. English in that question? A. Jimmy Stewart. B. Gary Cooper. C. John Wayne. D. Robert Mitchum. I'll go with the Duke. John Wayne. C is incorrect. Jordan. Uh, Stewart. Incorrect. Pappy, Gary Cooper, or Robert Mitchum? Gary Cooper. Incorrect. We're going to say no one gets that point. It's one of the harder (laughs) ones, guys. Don't worry. It's one of the harder ones. I hope so. Robert Mitchum. All right. Anyway, number two. In 1969... Paul Newman and Robert Redford portrayed the ringleaders of the Wild Bunch, the notorious turn-of-the-century outlaw gang, also known as Jordan, the the Outlaws, A, B, the Significant Seven, C, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, D, the Cowboys. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Correct. That's home cooking. You give him the easiest question. A long conspiracy. Hey, take it easy. Just wait. Question number three is the easiest, okay? Pappy, this is you. (laughs) What Old West character was portrayed in various films by Mac Brown, Robert Taylor, Paul Newman, Chris Christofferson, and Emilio Estevez? A, Billy the Kid, B, Buffalo Bill, C, Wyatt Earp, D, the Waco Kid. Billy the Kid? Billy the Kid is correct. Good job. One to one. I like how you go, Stevie, you go first, and you give me a question that no one's <laughs> no one's gonna get. <laughs> well, there are ten questions, so you get to start one more question more than anyone. But All right. question number four. Nineteen sixty three, John Wayne Western was reportedly based on William Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. This one's tough. Is this Chisholm? Jeez. Hondo? McLintock or True Grit? I'll go with True Grit. Yep. Jordan, is it Chisholm, Hondo, or McLintock? What's the second one you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, what is it? 
A. Chisholm. B. Wait. Hondo. C. McClintock. <laughs> um, let's do a uh, McClintock. Correct. Jordan Steele's one. <laughs> Give me that shit. All right. Let's this is we're really going to test some of your guys' knowledge, and this is also partially to just you know educate some of our young viewers on what westerns are. <laughs> Question number five was Errol Flynn's first performance in a Western. 1939 film, A, Dodge City, B, The Virginian, C, Union Pacific, D, The Last Roundup. Union Pacific. Incorrect. Pappy, Dodge City, The Virginian, or The Last Roundup? The Virgin, the Virgin, the Virginian. Stevie, Dodge City or The Last Roundup. This was Errol Flynn's first appearance in a Western. Stevie needs this. Dodge City or The Last Roundup? Dodge City? Dodge City is correct. No. (laughs) What's the score? Stevie, one. Pappy, one. Jordan, two. And I believe Pappy is up. Yeah. What 1941 film depicts... <laughs> depicted the battle at Little Bighorn, and it starred Errol Flynn as Custer and Anthony Quinn as Crazy, as Chief Crazy Horse. So, Pappy, is that the Big Trail? A. B. They died with their boots on. C. Little Bighorn. Or D. High Noon. They died with their boots on. Good guess. That's correct. That's not a guess. I knew that, but that's okay. What part of that hit? What did you know? What did you know? <laughs> Pappy knew, has some tribe in him. <clears throat> I knew that they actually died with their boots on. That's what I knew. <laughs> Good From one. <laughs> All right. From uh, Stevie, you're back up. Stevie, who played John Wayne's remo- romantic interest in Howard Hanks' 1959 Western, Rio Bravo? Was it A, Angie Dickinson, B, Yvonne DiCarlo, C, Anne-Margaret, or D, Stephanie Powers? Anne-Margaret. Incorrect. Jordan. <sighs> Dickinson. Dickinson is correct. Jordan takes a three-point lead. Jordan, Jordan you have it. three points. Pappy has two points. Stevie has one. We're in question eight of ten. Yikes. Trying to get by these pretty quick. Uh, number eight. What hilarious 1974 spoof on Westerns was directed by Mel Brooks? Oh, my For goodness. For Christ's fucking <laughs> sake, dude. This is, this is the order. This is the order. The Cowboys, Blazing Saddles, The Shootist, A Man Called Horst. Blazing Saddles? Blazing Saddles is correct. Pappy, you still have a chance to tie. Stevie, you don't. So we're going to go ahead and just kick Stevie out. Do I get his points? <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, this one's for you. What 1959 Western depicted a team of lawmen that included John Wayne, Walter Brennan, Dean Martin, and Ricky Nelson? Dean Martin. Rio Bravo, The Gunslingers, Ford Apache, or The Searchers? Do I have to get this right? Wasn't no, this it'll, it'll come back question? to you. The Gunslingers. Incorrect. Jordan, if you get this right, it's yours. Is it A, Rio Bravo, C, Ford Apache, D, The Searchers? Uh, The Searchers? Incorrect, Pappy. You have to get this right to stay in the game. Is it Rio Bravo or Fort Apache? Rio Bravo. That is correct. The question I got 
was in John Wayne's 1959 movie, Rio Bravo, who was his <laughs> love interest. Yeah, and the question Jordan got was, where do most of John Wayne's films take place? A, the East. <laughs> the South. C, Weast. All right, guys, I'm done throwing trivia to people. This is all random. And while I'm at it, I'll just say, hey, from peoplequiz.com, thanks, Dana, for this quiz, even though it's old as fuck and it's shitty. <laughs> Number ten. <laughs> What's her name? Well, his his or her name is Dana. Lower Fuck ca- you, Dana. All lowercase. <laughs> User Dana. Blow me. Anyway. Not a friend of the pod. Blocked <laughs> and unfollowed. Question ten. Uh, Pappy, I, get, I think you get to start this one off. Who played the lead role in the 1972 film Jeremiah Johnson? It's based on the life of mountain man John Johnson. Is it A, Paul Newman, B, Clint Eastwood, C, Robert Redford, D, Forrest Tucker? Paul Newman? Incorrect. Oh, fuck. I feel so, I should know that. Jordan? Can you the question again? Yeah. Who played the lead role in the 1972 film Jeremiah Johnson? And it's based on real life John Johnson. Um, Pappy guessed Paul Newman, which is incorrect. You have B... Clint Eastwood, C, Robert Redford, D, Forrest Tucker. Robert Redford. Jordan wins trivia again. <gasps> Collusion. Ooh, 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 ooh. It, was the, uh, it was the Sundance Kid, not Butch Cassidy. <laughs> 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 Guys, I apologize for a shitty trivia. I... That sounded a lot better in my head than it ended up. I'll never do that old of a trivia again. Sorry. <laughs> it was fun. It was just hard. <laughs> so, Pappy, before we finish out and do uh, our plugs and everything, was there anyone you wanted to shout out to? Yes, I have a new favorite follower, and that's John's Horror Corner, which is tough to say, but he listens to us from his bug lab. Wait, what did so you actually John... say? What's his name? John's Horror corner <laughs> aliens at, at mff horror corner uh but yeah he listens to us from his bug lab which is apparently a room full of beetles with pins in them so thanks john <laughs> not creepy at all totally cool we love keep, it keep it up <laughs> i want to see a photo of this bug lab check our twitter yeah he there. posted a picture of it <laughs> he does response. have a photo of it okay all right as Jordan knows, if you want to get in touch with us, it's spoilers underscore pod. We have a website, podcastspoilers.com. We can find links to our SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Google Play. And speaking of iTunes, if you enjoyed the review today, the nicest thing you could do would be to go to iTunes, search for movie spoilers, click on Us, the Serial Bowl, Reviews tab, and leave us a number of stars. That's what helps us move up in the rankings and fuck those other spoilers podcasts. We got to get on top of them again. I crave it. Maybe maybe cut that part out. (laughs) If you could find a happy medium between the four different plugs I did. No, a lot of people just record their plugs completely separate. We go right at them. (laughs) We don't even know who's saying them. We just call someone's name out. I don't even know what the plugs are. I just make them up. (laughs) But Pappy. Spoilers underscore podcast. Honestly, though, Pappy. Our social media, Twitter and Instagram, have been a little lit lately. Just a little lit. 
Yeah, if you hear something you don't like, reach out to us and then we'll call you stupid. That seems to be what happens to most people are like, <laughs> that That wasn't a very good review, so we're like, thank <laughs> you. <Even> today. <laughs> <laughs> but that means they're listening, so we love it. Jordan, do you have a movie? Dude, this bug lab is nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That was spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) What's Jordan's movie? (laughs) (laughs) Why are we doing introductions? (laughs) That was fun. So, Jordan, Jordan, uh. We just our, finished our trivia. Next... What's <laughs> what's your movie? Our next movie is going to be Heat. I've been, I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and now's the perfect time. Robert cool. De Niro, Al Pacino, Heat. Yeah, that which heat? same Heat. Yes. All right. I think Val Kilmer's in that too. Oh, he is. Some, Sexy Val re- Kilmer. Relatively skinny Val Kilmer. Yeah. What a perfect summer movie, Jordan. Thank you. This was spoilers. Sauce. I'm talking about his bullet wound me. on a mole. <laughs> 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 Jesus, Zachy, you all right? Duck, you sucker.